One, two, one, two, one, two. Hello, hello. Welcome to Reconnect My Heart Podcast, the show that we talk about life's problems that may break or tear hearts apart. I'm sorry about the delay. Um, I had some technical difficulties. My computer was going to be updated and kind of found out it took longer than anticipated. But um, today is a little different uh, there's gonna be a different I'm sorry it's gonna be a different episode now I'm on, excuse me one second let me get everything excuse me one second pardon me one second having some feedback just give me one second Okay, okay. Then we got everything up to par now. Okay. First of all, I want to thank each and every one who are on here now. Once again, um, it's going to be a little different uh, episode today. Um, first of all, I want to thank each and every one of you all for y'all prayers. Um, for those that did not know, um, we had the trial of the murder of my sister um, started two weeks ago and this has been a long journey and so now we're at the end of the road um, the verdict was put out this past Wednesday and it was not a verdict that was um, it was not our desire um, unfortunately uh, the young man <clears throat> to me, the young man that um, killed my sister was found not guilty. But <clears throat> um, I want to use this episode to really just uh, share with you all, <clears throat> excuse me, share with you all um, some things that were on my heart, um, the aftermath. Now, uh, I did make an episode, excuse me, I made a video uh, immediately after the verdict and uh, it was just my plain raw emotions and um, from the time that I got on up until now there are some things that uh, really were on my heart that I just want to just come on here and to share with you all um, now what I am doing now I have on a shirt for those that can see I have a shirt that's uh, in tribute of my sister Shayla Prater um, I had this made um, year before last and uh, this is something I wanted to wear 
in tribute to her. Um, first, like I said, this was uh, this was something that personally I was not expecting to hear the particular verdict. Uh, I was not happy. Um, not just myself, but many people in the community were very upset. And so, like I said, I made the video, and I don't remember all that was said, and it ended up being two videos because um, the the uh, internet service in the area was very poor. But in the midst of that, uh, there are some takeaways that I wanted to share with you all that was uh, really pressed upon my heart, even after the verdict, even from uh, the winds of the verdict on up to now. <clears throat> and uh, the first thing I want to, I want each and every one of us to really take this to heart. Um, I wrote some things down that there were some takeaways from it. I just wanted to share with you all. <clears throat> the first thing, um, the, the verdict was given by jurors. It was a jury trial. And I know a lot of times, I know me, when I was younger, I dreaded jury duty. I used to avoid jury duty. And there may be some that may be watching that may be uh, jury dodgers. And I'm gonna tell you, I was one of them that dodged jury too. But what made me start taking jury duty seriously it was a trial that I saw on national TV and it was similar to it was similar to um, my sister trial it was actually the Trayvon Martin trial it was the Trayvon Martin Trayvon Martin trial um, George Zimmerman was actually George Zimmerman was actually on trial for the murder of uh, Trayvon Martin, and unfortunately, he was found not guilty. Now, one of the things I always tell people: just because someone is found not guilty, does not mean that they are innocent. But unfortunately, a lot of time the uh, evidence, sometimes the investigators are not doing a thorough job and one of the things I found out the prosecutors are the ones that have to do the job and they have to turn in the evidence or the findings that they find and give it to the defendants and the defense team are the ones that pick pull all the stuff to try to have the jurors or even the judge you know say hey look here we're discrediting and we're disputing all these things. The defense team, a lot of times, don't have to bring up any evidence. It's the prosecutors. They have to pull up evidence. So, <clears throat> I said all that because uh, the Trayvon Martin trial, a lot of people were angry. A lot of people were angry, such as I. But it hit me. I was like, man. Stephen Wonder could have seen that he was guilty of killing Trayvon Martin. And of course, it was a jury trial. But 
I couldn't get mad at those jurors when I was one of the ones that was a jury dodger. So the responsibility came instead of me fussing and complaining, what am I going to do? And that's the same thing pertaining to what I asked each and every one. For those, like I said, for those who have seen either Trayvon Martin trial or my sister trial, that was, you know, held by jurors. We did not like the jurors' decision. But my question is, are we participating as potential jurors ourselves? This may spark many of us to say, you know what? I can't dodge jury duty anymore. And then there are others who may feel like, well, you know what? I don't care anyway. That's not the attitude to have. Because what if you are the one that could be chosen to make sure a guilty person is locked up behind bars? You might be the one to make sure that a killer don't go out free. On the other hand, what if you're the one to make sure that the person that's innocent is exonerated from all charges? These are our civil duties that we can no longer hide from. So to take away as a quote-unquote juror or a potential juror, when you get that summons of, you know what? Jury duty. Don't throw it away. Don't try to dodge it. You might be the one to help make somebody be locked up or an innocent person goes free. So that's one of the things I want to I want to ask each and every one to examine ourselves because those that know me, I believe in it. I don't believe in venting. Venting helps nobody. I believe in, you know, looking at it like this. <clears throat> Regardless of some people, well, venting make me feel better. No, but you know what? What's the point of venting when we're not going to do anything? We need change. So that change, we're not going to look for other people to bring change. We the one that got to bring change. No one else could create change. It's our responsibility. So the first thing, jurors, no longer dodging jury duty. The other thing I was looking at, even in law enforcement, now of course, the detective dropped the ball. But what are we going to do? It's a lot of us that are in our communities that don't believe. Look, we have lost confidence in the judicial system. We have lost confidence even with law enforcement. But how long are we going to sit back and do nothing? My question is, how about you fill out the application to be on the law enforcement? For you to be able to say, you know what? That person did a terrible job in uh, investigating. But you know what? I'm going to apply and I'm going to make sure that what happened to them doesn't happen to anybody else. In other words, it's time for us to start getting involved even with law enforcement. Hey, fill out the application. So many people, well, you know, no, no, no. That's the law. No, you're responsible. You are civil duty. You, you are a citizen. You are a, 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 a civilian that may need to be the one to be the difference maker in your community. 
like I said, <clears throat> I don't believe in us just talking about change. We need to be the one to bring the change. And the change starts with action, not with lip service. And I'm going to say it like this, not just even pertaining to law enforcement, but even in the political arena. We need to get involved. Look here, we can boycott, we can pick it all we want. But how many of us are actually doing something pertaining to us putting our name on the ballot? We got to be the one to do it. Instead of begging people to make laws, how about we become the ones to make laws? That's what we need to do. We complain about, you know, uh, uh, some of the ones, I'm not going to, well, you know what, I'm going to say our governor. Our governor, we're complaining about, in Texas, we're complaining about our governor making these rules and all that stuff. We're complaining, but what are we doing? Some of us ain't even voting. Some of us are not even registered to vote, much less vote. But how about we all, let's get a campaign together. And if you're not going to run for office, how about we groom somebody to run for office? That's one of the things that we got to do. Because change, change going to have to come from us. Not for us to sit down and talk and complain. Complaining does nothing. It's a waste of time. It's time for us to do something. Just like faith. We spoke about it in our Sunday school lesson today about faith. Faith causes actions. We can pray all we want, but it's time for us to put some legs behind our prayers and do something. The other thing, <clears throat> this is uh, the two main things that are very dear to me pertaining to the aftermath of everything that I saw that transpired. The main thing is the four-letter word. The four-letter word is L-O-V-E, love. I saw the love of the community. I saw the love of many people near and far. I saw the love and, um, like I said, the love that was expressed, the love that was shown. I received phone calls. I couldn't I couldn't answer a lot of the phone calls. Um, being honest with you, I really wasn't in the mood to talk. Even now, you know, I'm, you know, I'm I'm just trying to absorb everything. <clears throat> uh, right now, we're gonna be starting. Well, with me, I'm gonna start my new day tomorrow. Tomorrow starts my first day of normalcy. Tomorrow, I start my first day back at work. Tomorrow starts my day of trying to get back to what was familiar. Um, but I saw a lot of love. I saw a lot of love. I received a lot of love. And, you know, I get surprised. I get honored when people reach out to me. To me. <clears throat> um, people that, you know, to me, um, when I see people, I, I appreciate everybody. But just being able to see the love, you know, and what got me when I made that video on Wednesday, I was hurt. I was hurt mainly because of, mainly for my family. I really, I really didn't want to think about myself. 
but I was hurt for my family and I felt the hurt. I felt the hurt from my family. I felt the hurt from the community. You know, uh, just two weeks ago, just two weeks ago, we celebrated our 30th uh, anniversary uh, uh, class reunion, I'm sorry, our 30th class reunion of us graduating. And yes, my sister would have been there with me. My sister and I graduated together, class of 91, called a high. Um, and so <laughs> that Saturday of being together with my classmates, and then two days later, starting the trial of my sister, which was also my classmate. This has been a very, very, very tiring, emotional two weeks. And, um, but I saw the love. I saw the love for so many people. I saw the love from not just family, but friends, people from the neighborhood. I saw it, we received it, and I appreciate it. I really, really, really appreciate it. <clears throat> I thank y'all so much for the love, the, the you know, the love that was shown, that was given. And then also, the other thing, I was um when I was when I was leaving the courthouse. I was debating if I wanted to say something or not. And personally, I didn't want to. I didn't want to say anything. But I felt the need. I felt that it was my responsibility to say something. Why? I had no clue. I just felt, it was like, I felt in my spirit, you have to say something. You got to say something. But that inward battle within me was like, I don't want to say nothing. But I kept hearing, you got to say something. You have to say something. And so I told God, God, in order for me to take your assignment of saying something, in order for me to take your assignment, you got to take my you got to take my hurt. You got to take my anger. You got to take my frustration. And you got to take everything that's within me if you want me to do this assignment. And he told me, okay, pull over and do it. And so as I began to speak, like I said, I can't remember everything that was said, but I spoke and I just left it all out on the table. And then the next morning, that Thursday morning, I was just laying in the bed, ready to feel like doing anything. And I grabbed my phone. And I grabbed my phone and I looked on Facebook and I ended up, for some reason, going on uh, Messenger, the Facebook Messenger. And I looked and I had a message. And when I looked, I realized that it was a message that was sent to me from someone that was not a friend of mine. So I'm like, okay, so I don't know if it was a spam, a hacker, or whatever. And so I opened it up. And I realized that it was an individual. And I read it. Matter of fact, I'm not going to say the person's name, but I do want to uh, read it exactly the way it was because um, it says something to me. 
Um, oh, here it is. Okay. <clears throat> it said, Hi, Brother Prater. You don't know me. I just got out of a toxic relationships thanks to my God and my family. I had considered going back until I heard you speak to my spirit. I don't want my family to go through what you and your family are going through. I left him four times and he always say he's going to change. I am truly sorry about your sister, but she's looking down from heaven encouraging women like me to not go back. Thank you, sir, for allowing God to use you. When I got that, that made me feel like the purpose of me making that video was to help at least one person, one person to not to go back to an abusive relationship. If there was someone that might have been considering going back, those that know me, I beg people, I, I beg people, please, regardless of whatever situation you're dealing with, get some help, find some help. And now, especially pertaining to domestic violence and toxic relationships, this is something I was already doing before my sister passed. And then also, my sister and I were going to do some things together. And so now, I have to do it alone. And so, my quest, my desire is to reach out to every, first, every young lady that may be watching. If you know somebody, if you're not in a toxic relationship, or domestic violence, if you're not in it, but you know somebody that's in it, you're welcome to send them this video. Send them this podcast. Just in case you or somebody that you know is in a toxic relationship, you may be considering going back. I'm begging you, please don't go back. You may have gone back and got out. You may be thinking this time it may be different, but this is the thing you have to think about. What if it's not going to be different, but you don't get a chance to get out? My sister did not have a chance to get out. She contemplated, she considered, and then eventually because of her heart, she gave him another chance and it wasn't worth it. Now, if I want to see my sister, I have to see pictures of her. That's not love. That's not the love that God desired for you. That's not the love. That's not God's purpose for you. One of the scriptures I always think about, the blessings of God give his riches and adds no sorrow. That means he adds no drama. That's not of God. That's not the purpose and plan God has for you. The devil comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says that I come that ye may have life and have it more abundantly, which means a better quality of life. And abuse, abuse is not a part of the better quality of life that God desires for you. And so my question is, what different can you do to make them change? Understand what you can do to make them change. Those are two different individuals. You can't do anything to make them change. 
You can't do anything. And it's not your responsibility. For so long, I've heard so many people get into relationships where they try to change or try to make the person a better person. That ain't your desire. That ain't your purpose. That's not something that God did not design for you to do. There is a difference between courting and parenting. You can't parent somebody. Even in a relationship, the relationship with the person that you're in, in a relationship with, is not a project. That's not, that's not your purpose. That's not your design. That's not your makeup. I've heard so many people. Matter of fact, I had somebody to tell me some time ago, well, you know, maybe that was God, maybe that was uh, God designed for me to go out that way. No, it wasn't. That was the devil. God desire is not for you to be beat up. You think about one thing I always tell people, especially young ladies. If your daughter was in the same relationship that you're in right now, what would you tell her? What the same thing you would tell your daughter, the same thing you need to tell yourself. Now, will you be lonely? You know what? <laughs> that's feelings and emotions that you will get over. And that's something that you do not suppose to put yourself in a position for you to be abused, not just physically, but mentally or emotionally or spiritually. And also, I'm going to say it like this. If you are in a marriage where you end up getting abused or beat up, that ain't God's will or desire for you either. And I don't want you to have to be in that situation where your kids have to figure out how they're going to live without their mother. And as ministers, as ministers, we got to call it like we see it. We got to talk about domestic violence. If there is a member in our church that is in an abusive relationship, we got to tell them to get out. We can't be telling them, well, you know, you know, that's your ministry to get them saved. I've heard people tell their, their members that. And that's not God's will, no desire. Before we end up saving souls, we got to first start saving lives. And that's something that we got to do. God will hold us responsible as ministers, as pastors, as bishops, as apostles, whatever you want to call it, whatever title that you have or position that you have. It's easy for you to tell your member to stay in that abusive relationship, but would you tell your daughter that? As minister, you got to think about it. You tell your member that, but would you tell your daughter that? You tell that member to stay in there, tough it out, pray about it, God will work it out, but you tell your daughter to leave them. We got to think about it. We got to call it like we see it. So my desire is for us to bring change, to do change. Even in the midst of this situation that we're in, yeah, we didn't get the verdict that we desired. And just like the Trayvon Martin situation, you know, his legacy still lives on. His, his mother is doing something. She was running for office to help bring change, to bring awareness. But that was her. In this situation, in honor of my sister, Sheila Prater, Sheila Denise Prater, what are we going to do? 
I'll be getting back with you all in some of the things that I will be doing and I will not sit down in this. One of the things I always tell people in the midst of whatever situation, and matter of fact, this is something my daddy told me, in the midst of whatever situation, count it all joy. And also my daddy said this, my daddy said, there's some good out of every situation. Sometimes we gotta be the one to find that good. Sometimes in the most hurtful situation, there's some good that can come out of it. And so if we can help save another sister, another daughter, or somebody's son, we've done our part. We gotta we gotta bring some change. I'ma say it like this, especially in our black communities. Just calling it like you see it. We as black men are failing our families. We'll beat up on our women. We'll kill our women. We'll talk down to our women. The black women are already getting beat down already. They're getting beat down on the job. They're getting beat down in society. They're getting beat down on national television. And then when they come home, they're getting beat down by the one that they love, their man. <laughs> Some of these black young ladies have been so loyal to people who are not loyal to them. Our black young ladies are the ones that have given up their life. They have helped these boys. They've been stand by their men, women. Even when the guys get locked up, I see it. Even when the guys get locked up, they coming out there, getting off work, putting money on the books while their kids are home by themselves. And the man is doing whatever he want to do. Fellas, we have done a terrible job. But it's time for us to stand up. Our family needs us. Our communities need us. It's time for us to look in the mirror and say, you know what? Enough is enough. If she does not want you anymore, walk away, leave. And like I said earlier, I said a couple of days ago, if somebody want to leave you or end the relationship, that's a good thing. That means you finding out that they don't want you or you don't need them, then that frees you to be with someone who does want you or someone that does deserve you. That's something to think about. But now some of these people, they want to just beat up. They want to take their frustration out on that loyal sister. We got to stop that. One of the things I always tell guys, if you had a daughter and she met a man that was just like you, ready to get married to, what would you tell her? Well, if you wouldn't want her to marry somebody like you, then how about you do better with her mama, with the one you say you love? We need to do so much better in our communities. And so if this situation is the platform for us to be able to just call it out, then, hey, we calling it out. We need to do better in our communities. We need to do better in our home. We need to do better in our church. We got to do better. 
Is God pleased with our actions? Or are we just continuing to give lip service and excuses? It's time out for that. So, for each and every one of you all, like I said, for y'all thoughts and y'all prayers, I appreciate it dearly. I appreciate it to the utmost. I cannot. Number one, I thank God for each and every one of you all. With the help of God, we going to get through this as a family, as a community. We're going to get through this. There are some things, like I said, I don't care if I'm the only one talking about it. I really don't care. If I can help some person, some person, if I can prevent them from making a mistake like so many other young ladies or guys have had, have made, I want to. But on the other hand, I can't help somebody if they don't want help. I don't care how many times I can speak to a person. And this is the thing. I want to help somebody who want to receive help. But I, one of the things I always tell people, I'm a very busy person. I don't have time to have my time wasted. If a person won't help, hey, I do it. But if but if I'm going to be wasting my time, uh-uh, no. I have a son that's waiting on me. I have I have things, and even me just taking care of me. And that's one thing I've learned how to do, and I had to learn how to do within the past couple of years. I got to take care of me. You got to take care of you. Not having somebody responsible, not letting somebody be responsible to take care of you. No. Uh-uh. And I, I have to say this. I have to say that this is on my heart. Ladies, please. Do not give guys wife benefits if they ain't your husband. Just point blank. Don't give guys wife benefits if they're not your husband. Women. You have to take care of yourself. Stop putting your hopes and dreams and ambitions, all that, your hopes and dreams, everything, and thrusting upon a guy that have not proven themselves. And the ultimate way they're going to prove themselves, number one, two ways. You watch their relationship with God, but also watch the relationship they have with you. If, they don't, if they're not going to be listening to God and they don't put a ring on your finger, why waste your time? I've seen so many women. Well, we've been enga- we've been dating for ten years, or we've been engaged for seven years. What? It's about commitment. If you're not requiring a commitment from him, then why are you wasting your time? If you're not requiring a commitment from him, then look here. If you just Giving your sex, giving your body, you're paying his bills, you got a place to stay, he does, and you have him to move in with you, and you're not requiring anything, why should he change? He doesn't need to change. Listen, you're giving him the reward, you're giving him the prize, why should he run the race? The problem ain't him. The problem is you. You need to set boundaries. And I'm going to say it like this. Women, 
Never put a dude you just met over your children that you've been knowing all you all they life. You don't do that. I'm telling you because, like I said, I work in law enforcement. I've heard the conversation. Some of them tell me the conversation. I've seen the game. I've seen it. Women, you know what? A guy gonna do what you allow him to do. He gonna get away with whatever you allow him to. But I'm gonna tell you something. This, listen, this is me off the cuff. I'm, I, I'll speak as Reverend Prater, Brother Prater, whatever. But like I said, this is me from one man to the audience. To, I'm speaking as if you were my sister. I'm gonna say it like this. If you not requiring anything from him, He'll, give it, he'll get away with whatever you allow him to. But also, under the same token, if you're going to give him the sex and he's not your husband, what is going to make him want to marry you? Just point blank. You have to have more respect for yourself. And if he decides to leave because you want to cut off the sex? That's a good thing. Then that gives God access to send the husband that he has for you. That's going to love you and your children. That's going to take care of you and your children. Someone that's going to be selfless, not somebody going to be selfish. That's something you got to think about. You know, I know somebody, well, I got needs. And I'm saying to myself, how? You got needs, but you're getting beat up. Like I said, I'm telling you the conversation that people have given me throughout the years. You got needs? Are your needs that important for you to get beat up? Disrespected? You know what? Your needs can be met if you do it the right way in God's way. There is a man that's out there that's for you. But as long as you're dealing with these boys... You're not allowing God access to send your man. Just point blank. Understand, a real man, he knows how to find the wife that God has for him to look for. But the thing is, how much do you value yourself? When are you going to stop and take inventory of who you are? You're more valuable than what you're being treated. And I see it all the time. I see it out of the church. I see it in the church. It's so many young ladies, they're praying to God for a husband, but they're still dealing with these boys. You can't have both. Make a choice. And if you were like a bad boy, hey, you're like a bad boy, that's you. But understand, bad boys come with bad boys' consequences. So understand, is that what you really want? You want somebody to protect you. You want somebody that's going to feed you spiritually, physically, mentally, all these things. Well, trust God. You know, we go to church. What's the point of going to church, listening going to Bible study, going to Sunday school, and hearing about God, and we having our faith and hope in God, but we can't even trust God that God going to send the man for us? Come on now. Why are you going to church, learning about God, 
when you don't trust God. That's the thing I don't understand. Why compromise? It ain't worth it. I'm tired of seeing these girls getting thrown in the ground like trash. When I say thrown in the ground, that means thrown in the grave. You know, I'm going to say it like this. This is good paper right here. This is good paper. Unwritten. This is a good paper that was in this spiral. But just imagine me doing this. Throw it in the trash. That's what some of these people, that's what some of these guys are doing to some of these girls. Good girls, nothing wrong with them. But now, they're in the grave. They treat the, they treat the paper better than they treat these women. Treat them like trash, use them, kill them, and go on with their life. Like I said, since my sister been gone, she been gone since March the 3rd of 2019. I have always, like I said, I have always spoken to her and I've always spoke about whatever the Lord laid upon my heart. I'm, I'm a topical person. You know, I might talk about relationships. I might talk about uh, salvation. I might talk about whatever. And I like to talk about things in detail for us to have a good understanding. But since my sister been gone, I've run into so many people in domestic violence situations. Women, and when I hear it, it kind of it kind of gets me because this is something that's real close to our family, real close, too close. And when I hear somebody, well, I'm gonna go back, you know, and I beg them, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And I know, and I'm gonna say it like this, cause I hear, I hear some of the young ladies, they try to use the scripture, sanctify wife, sanctify husband, and that ain't nothing pertaining, that ain't, that ain't nothing, that doesn't mean anything pertaining to staying in an abusive relationship. We gotta understand what the Bible says, and the Bible does not mean for you or require you to stay getting beat up and risking yourself getting killed. And also, I'm going to say it like this. You got to take threats seriously. You got to take all threats seriously. Sanctified wife, sanctified husband meant during that time, it was the women that ended up getting saved. First of all, during that time in the Bible time, there were people that were married that were unsaved. And then it so happened that some of the women got saved and their husband wasn't. And so the question was, should I leave my husband because I got saved or not? Now get this, they were already married first. They were married first and both of them at the time were not saved until one of them got saved. And then, get this, they had a healthy marriage. It wasn't an abusive marriage. They had a healthy marriage and at the time, the lady got saved. And she asked, should I stay or should I go? And the husband was like, hey, look, baby, I love you. You know? And so just based on that, that does not mean that, well, sanctified wife, sanctified husband. So that means that if he beating on me, on me, if he using me and all that stuff, you know, if I keep praying for him, he going to change. No, you know what? Prayer ain't for them. Prayer is for you. 
what you gonna do? Get help. So I I um I wasn't for I wasn't for sure what all I was gonna say. I I wanted to bring up about the responsibilities of jury duty, uh, getting to law enforcement, also the love. I want to acknowledge that love, that attention that we got, the prayers that we got. I want to thank y'all. And also the testimony pertaining to the young lady that had told me that she saw the video. That was pretty much it. all the rest of it. I just want to just speak from my heart because, you know, when I get off the air, I got to go back to my get back to planning for day one of the beginning of my new my new uh i guess the word i would say my new norm my new norm my new normals normalcy i don't want anybody to go through what we went through or what i went through and like i said i didn't just lose a sister i lost my friend i lost my classmate I lost my classmate. I lost uh, the girl that we were roommates. <laughs> I lost my friend. I lost the young lady that I would, when I had the house to myself, I would call her and tell her, I want you to spend the night. And I ain't just talking about as kids. We were talking about as adults. I'm talking about the girl that I like, I like to kick it with. That was my friend. So, I don't want anybody to go through what we went through. And if I'm harsh, if I was being harsh, I really don't care. I hope it was harsh for you to be able to just understand the severity of this. It ain't worth it. So I appreciate each and every one of you all. I hope and pray that this is something that um, people take seriously. I hope and pray that this is something that people just wake up and say, you know what? This ain't the love that God has for me to wait for. And one of the things I always say, in the situation that you're in right now, did you wait all your life for a love like that? If you say no, then get out immediately. Get out. Leave it alone. Don't, well, you know, I want to hear from his side. Uh-uh. No. Don't wait. Wait for what? You don't owe anybody an explanation. Just leave it alone. But also that guy that may be watching who mm, maybe playing emotions, playing with some of these girls' emotions, man, look here. It's time for us to man up and grow up. So, once again, I thank each and every one of y'all. I really appreciate you all for the prayers, the love, and um, this has been a long journey. It's been a long journey since March the 3rd. Actually, Sunday, March the 3rd of 2019. And so now, the journey ends and another journey begins. So, what we're going to do, we're going to get ready to come together. I believe in the power of prayer. I believe in us coming together and just being able to just, even just express our hurts, express our frustrations, express our anger, express whatever emotion that we're dealing with, we're going to give it to God and know that he cares for us. 
even in the midst of not getting the verdict that we desired, God did not abandon us. He may see something that we don't. But also on the same token, you know, us holding people accountable for dropping the ball. But no matter what, our hope, our trust is not in the judicial system. Our hope, our faith, our confidence is in Jesus Christ. That's what's sustaining me. And that's what I want to sustain you. So no matter what we're facing, and I know I'm just one of many that's going through that there may be somebody that may be watching. Matter of fact, I was talking to a classmate of mine earlier. Uh, I was inboxing him. I want to give a special, special shout out to Billy Pruitt. Billy Pruitt. Man, look here. Man, I appreciate you. I love you dearly. You know, I'm not the only one that lost a sister. I'm not the only one that lost a sibling due to domestic violence. I'm just one of many. But we tired of counting. You know, the pain doesn't go. God help us to be able to live with the pain. Sometimes the pain is dull. Sometimes the pain is sharp. Sometimes the pain is painless. But that heart, that, that, that hole is still there. And, you know, God is going to help us to live with the broken pieces of our life. That hurt, you know, God going to help us. He promised that he would. And he's going to. And that's where my confidence is. I don't care what it takes. I don't care what it takes. We're going to trust God in this. And that's what I want you to do. Trust God in this. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. We thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We come to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence on today. We come to you right now, God. Thank you, Lord, for being an awesome God, a faithful God, a committable God. We ask you, God, right now, God, to heal our broken heart. God, there may be some that may be watching, God, who may be angry of the diverted, God, who may have lost confidence in the judicial system or even confidence in you, God. So, God, we come in and ask you, God, to minister to them right now, God. Help them to understand, God, no matter what, God, God, we got to put it in your hands, God. You may see something. You may know something that's far beyond our understanding. So we're going to trust you in this situation right now. God, we speaking, God, that you help and comfort each and every person who may have lost someone due to domestic violence, God. God, we ask you all to comfort and be with them right now in the name of Jesus. And we bind everything the devil stands for. We counsel the devil's assignment right now. In the name of Jesus, and Lord, we speaking right now, God, that you give us the charge, give us the responsibility, God, and help us, God, to be proactive, God, no longer inactive or reactive, God. Help us, God, to be proactive, God. Help us, God, to be a busy doing your business, God, and help us, God, to be involved in our communities, God. Be involved, God, even in the judicial system, God. Be involved even in the political arena, God. Get involved, God. Help us, God, to no longer give lip service, God, but help us, God, to put some legs on our faith right now, God. Help us, God, to be busy, God. And, God, we ask, Lord, to help us, God, right now, God, for those who need comfort in God. Comfort them. Be with them right now. In the name of Jesus, God, God those who are grieving, God, 
God, we speak God, that you massage their hearts right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we speak it right now, God, those right now, God, who are in an abusive relationship, a toxic relationship, God, we speak it right now, God. You minister to them, helping God to recognize, God, what is love and what ain't love, God. And God, we speak, God, that you provide a way of escape right now, God. We speak in safety right now, God, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done. We thank you, Lord, for the testimony from this, God. We thank you, Lord, for revealing your identity, God, and letting people know who you are and who they are in you right now. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, everything you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen. 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 I want to thank each and every one who are tuning in. Uh, once again, I appreciate you all to the utmost from the time of uh, the verdict, from the time of hearing about the trial starting, even up until, even in the beginning of getting that phone call, March the 3rd. Uh, I thank each and every one of you all. Um, before I go, I'll turn around while I'm thinking about it. I'll turn around for y'all to see the back of my shirt. Okay. I thank each and every one of y'all who are tuning in. And um, what I want to do, I want to uh, close with... I want to close with um, this right here for those who are friends of Sheila family of Sheila I thank you all thank y'all for the love y'all given thank y'all for the support you all have uh, given her and know that what y'all did was done in vain I appreciate you all and once again from the bottom of my heart Thank you all so much for loving Sheila. And Sheila, I appreciate you being the sister, the friend that you've always been, and the friend that you are to me. And I appreciate you all so much. Once again, thank you for loving the Prater family, the Logan family, the Washington family, the Hutchins family. Thank you all for loving us. Thank you for loving Sheila. Thank you and good night.